We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. You know, it's 12.02 right now. If they want to fire me at 12.05, I'll go home and find something to do. I'll have a good day. Welcome to the Roadwire NBA podcast presented by DraftKings.com. It is Thursday, January 31st. Nick Whalen here with James Anderson. We are a week away from the trade deadline, um, and that did not stop the New York Knicks from trading Tim Hardaway to the Dallas Mavericks, along with other pieces, including Chris Stapps Porzingis. Uh, we were going to start this podcast talking about Anthony Davis. He looked to be you know, the big name who was going to be on the move before that deadline, uh, which is about a week almost exactly from right now. Um, but Porzingis apparently met with Knicks management either earlier today or late last night. And didn't demand a trade, but expressed that he isn't maybe interested in re-signing long-term. And 20 minutes after that report came out, all of a sudden he is now a Dallas Maverick. Yeah, it's uh, pretty awesome whenever we get a trade that nobody really saw coming, uh, even like four or five minutes before the trade. So that's awesome. Uh, You were on the radio at the time? I was uh, doing a podcast uh, with... Jeff Erickson on the baseball side of things. And this trade was so big that we even had instant reaction on that <laughs> baseball podcast. So, uh, I mean, I it's really cool. I mean, I, I just look at it basically just from the big, big picture view of, like, this is going to be Luka Doncic's kind of running mate for the foreseeable future. And they didn't have a guy like that before this trade. Uh, they obviously had to take back some – bad salary uh to make everything work but you know i think getting a guy of that caliber you know like what under what other scenario do they get a player of porzingis's caliber to pair with Doncic? that just probably wasn't going to happen so no. this is 
about as good as they could do. And, you know, they got value for Dennis Smith, uh, you know, probably not as much as they were hoping to get, but like that, that's, it's fine. You know, I I think, um, it's really interesting. And so what, what exactly you've had more time to digest this than I have. Well, we'll, We'll go over the full trade first. So there's, one, we should say, I don't know if Trey Burke is actually in the trade. Woj never mentioned Trey Burke's name. Uh, Sham Strania, uh did mention Trey Burke, so he's, he may be involved. But what we know for sure is Porzingis goes to Dallas with Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee, uh, both of whom have – Courtney Lee expires after next season. He's on the books for almost $13 million next year. Tim Hardaway's on the books for about $18 million next year. Then he has a player option for about $19 million in 2021. So those are two of the salaries that the Knicks were going to try to get off of no matter what. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to that side in a little bit. Um, Dallas sends back Dennis Smith Jr., Wes Matthews expiring, DeAndre Jordan expiring, uh, and a likely first-round pick. So that tells me that there's going to be some protections on it, you know, and, and the Mavs are kind of – limited in what they can trade because they already owe a pick to Atlanta as part of getting Luka Doncic in this past draft. So, I mean, basically it's a salary dump for New York, which is crazy. Like they used Kristaps Porzingis in the same way that other teams use a first round pick to attach to these bad salaries to get off of them. Uh, instead, they just attached their one valuable franchise asset. So, so it's basically like Dennis Smith and the pick kind of make up the difference between Porzingis and your typical salary dump like contract right like i mean yes I, well the other thing too is like new york has it, you know is going to be on a mission to dump those two contracts yes. hardaway and lee they because they're not expiring yeah they and needed they to get no rid of leverage them. like everyone knew that they were desperate to do it so yes. like um they were going to find a way to dump those either way and it would have you know maybe ended up costing them more in terms of draft picks or things like that you know they obviously aren't going to trade their their 2019 so well i like how it you know, it sucks to give up Porzingis and really not get a ton back. But this way, they didn't have to give up any picks to get off that money. And so, like, they're obviously going to try to get guys like Davis and Durant and Kyrie and all that stuff. But, like, if that all just completely falls flat, they still are in prime, like, yes. tank mode where they can – they'll be picking high in the draft. They will be picking high in the draft for their foreseeable future. They keep right. their picks. Uh, I it, mean, it, this just gives them a lot more flexibility than they would have had otherwise. It, it does, but it – you know, I, I think the general reaction over the last half hour – you know, this went down probably about a half hour ago as we record – is not it's been dismay on the part of Knicks fans. Knicks fans aren't aren't looking at the big picture. I mean, this has this has been their reality since like 2000 basically. I mean, you've had one year, I think it was 2012 where they they made it to the second round and everyone knew that was not a championship team. I think it felt so good to get Kristaps Porzingis, you know, and have that one piece. Then he tears his ACL and now you ship him out and and even though it does make sense like you said from a cap perspective to not really get another like crown jewel young piece you know you the, the the centerpiece of this deal from an asset perspective is a guy that the Mavs couldn't even trade for like a late first round pick 3 weeks ago i think it's funny how Porzingis like prior to any of this like prior to him, that meeting and everything i think there was probably more positive buzz about where the Knicks were headed over the past you know few weeks than there had been in the past like 10 years oh, yeah. and this is still the time when he was like i gotta get out of here yeah. like, <laughs> well that's the whole, the whole thing doesn't really make a lot of sense like why yeah why now did porzingis decide like was he did he just like have an awakening as they were getting blown out by dallas of all teams <laughs> oh, last night i yeah i don't I mean, want to be here he saw what was happening to his friend enos and like, yeah. he was just like i can't stand for this yeah enos kissing the court was like the last straw it, it, <laughs> like, it, it, it was... all right that's enough <laughs> well so i mean new york now like you said they are, they are now in the clear to sign two max guys in 2019 and, the, and they would have had to do some maneuvering to get rid of hardaway and get rid of lee and you know maybe there was some doubt within the organization as to whether they could get that done like now they can say we have the two max slots we don't have to we don't have to do anything we're just going to play out this season we're going to be terrible we're going to hope we get the number one pick and we're going to use that as, you know, our main bait for Kyrie and for KD, who I, who I think they're mostly focused on. I mean, there are going to be other names, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's I don't think anyone's denying that the Knicks dream scenario is those two guys sign and team with whoever they take with what's hopefully a top two or three pick. Um, but like, 
if that doesn't happen, like if, if KD goes somewhere else, if Kyrie stays in Boston, if Anthony Davis ends up in LA, then what do you just sign? You know, do you try to lure Kemba Walker who's a New York guy? And then do you sign Chris Middleton to like these above market max deals? You know, like I think what Porzingis was, was kind of insurance in some ways. And, you know, that's probably not the most optimistic way of putting it, but even if they struck out in free agency this summer, you'd still had Porzingis to build around and, you know, go for it again in 2020 or, you know, then use Porzingis in a trade. Now you're all in on free agency. And if it doesn't work out as it hasn't for teams like the Lakers over the past couple of years, you know, you could have ended up trading your best physical asset in player form, not draft pick form for basically salary relief that, you know, might not even turn into anything. Right. So what, how likely do you think it is that one of those good outcomes happens for them? I mean, they they have less than a twenty percent chance of getting Zion, right? So that's like, you know, people talk about like Zion and the Knicks, like it's like it could could definitely happen. I mean, it could happen for sure, but there it also could not. There's a much more likely scenario where they don't get Zion. They right. maybe don't even get Morant. Maybe they take like Cam Reddish or something. Right. So in the like, new lottery system, there's no incentive to being the worst team, which is what the Knicks are. Right, and so it's really a, it it really kind of all hinges. You don't make plans with a 18 percent chance that everything no. goes right. So it really kind of all hinges on the Durant. Yep. Really, just sort of the Durant thing because like Durant goes there, then yeah, one of those two is enough. Kyrie comes with him, but like if. Durant doesn't go there. Kyrie's not going there, and I think yeah, I think so. And it re- really just like will Durant choose to go be the face of this Knicks team that has no other good players on the roster, right? And, and you'd be asking Durant to do something that he's never really done. You know, he's been on a good team virtually his entire career. Mm-hmm. You know, the one year in Seattle they were bad. The first year in OKC they were bad, but they weren't. You know, they weren't like this bad. They were an up-and-coming young team, and at that point in Durant's career, I think he was okay with leading. You know, he was 19 years old. He was okay with being on on a bad team that was clearly on the way up. He's going to be coming off of his third straight title, maybe his third straight Finals MVP. Is he going to be willing to go from that, like literally the best basketball situation that anyone has ever been in, to leading a Knicks team that is basically the situation LeBron was in, you know, in his first run in Cleveland? I I mean I think they must they they must think they're I both feel coming. like they have they have to know something with regard to KD uh, because or at least they there's something that makes them think yes. they know something like they don't they might not know anything for sure but they have at yes. least there's something pointing them in that direction I mean there's there's got to be a part of KD that uh, I mean there are pros to going to that situation like he probably looks at what like Harden was doing over the last month and you know he's never had a chance to sort of show the type of numbers he could put up yeah. with a crazy high usage uh because he's played with Russell Westbrook and he's played on these Warriors teams but like if you put KD on the Knicks and just sort of have mediocre players that can shoot threes everywhere and just sort of let him get the ball at the top of the key every possession and just kind of break things down and see what happens. I mean, his numbers would be yeah. really, really, really insane. So, I mean, in theory, I totally agree with you, but that's a tough sell, right? Like, Hey, let's go, let's see how many points you can average next year. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's bored. I, it's, yeah, it's, I would imagine he's bored. Who knows? Well, it, the, I mean, the other thing too, is like, you're not selling KD on like, all right, this is it for the next four years. Like you're going to improve, you know, it's like, Hey, all right, we didn't get Kyrie this summer, but we're going to go get, someone else next summer to play with you like the idea is that kd being in new york those two factors combined are enough to at the very worst attract a, another really good young player or another really good elite player you know in in year two of that so i'm with you i mean we the knicks have given us no reason to like give them the benefit of the doubt when it comes yes. to things like that but this is not a trade you make unless you feel really really good about at least one of those two guys coming i really think the only way uh that they kind of come out the other end of this tunnel looking good is if a, f- a couple stars just decide they want to play there because yeah. they, they're not there's no reason to think that this front office is capable of doing a a classic sort of rebuild where they just 
talent evaluate, sign like savvy deals, make really mm-hmm. good draft picks, and build kind of way up. Like they they need these established stars to just sort of choose New York. And if they do that, then that it's like a, a yep. genius move. Like, oh wow, we cleared the decks for KD and Kyrie. Like that's awesome. But if those guys decide to do something else, which there's plenty of reasons why they should decide to do something yeah. else, then you're just sort of in rebuild mode and you know getting zion would be huge i mean that would really be nice for them Um, literally be huge yeah but you know getting somebody else you know the fourth pick or something like that cam reddish baby (laughs) um so build around cam reddish (laughs) we should say that um so porzingis there's reports like right after the trade went down he said he now was like leaning towards signing the qualifying offer he's he of course is restricted this summer um rather than just signing a long-term extension with dallas and then Woj kind of countered that and said you know porzingis is gonna rehab in dallas for a while get to know the organization and then make a decision um i mean either way i still think this is the right move for dallas like you're you're willing to chance it in the same way that a lot of other teams have um you know it's rare to trade for a star player who has four years on his contract like it's just that just doesn't happen um and even if porzingis you know does the qualifying offer and you know stays two more years and then walks after that you know i still feel like you're you're good with that scenario something something bad internally probably would have happened for that to even play out that way um so to me like there's very little risk on the part of dallas you're dumping two guys in in wes and deandre who you were either going to buy out or trade anyway Mm -hmm. And you probably weren't in either of those deals, even if you combine them, you weren't going to bring back anyone remotely as valuable as Kristaps Porzingis. So, I mean, it was it was surprising to me that this materialized so quickly because you think, you know, not that Dallas could really throw that much more in, but you think if you're the Knicks, you'd want to create somewhat of a bidding war. And this happened so quickly that there's just no way that that happened. There's, you know, Dallas from Dallas's perspective, this is about like 2022, 2023, 2024. They know that they – there's nothing that they could do with this core to make it a Mm -hmm. finals contender in, you know, next season. I I think it's even – it's more about summer of 2020 even. That's when Harrison Barnes is off the books. Right, like the the fact that they're bringing back bad – what I'm saying is like the fact they're bringing back like Tim Hardaway's deal, like that doesn't change anything because they weren't – no, exactly. They needed to fill those roster spots anyways. They're they're not ready to compete. This is kind of a genius way to build around your rookie franchise player. You get that guy that he's going to kind of develop with and then once your bad salary comes off the books in a couple of years, then you fill in around them when you're ready to go try to win titles. Yeah, yeah, I think it it does put them in a bit of an odd situation for next year specifically because you're kind of in between you know, eras in some ways where you still have, you know, that you have Tim Hardaway under contract, you still have the second year of Courtney Lee's contract. But at that point, Lee's expiring, you know, we will be we'll be sitting here next year, and they'll probably be dumping Courtney Lee. Um, And then, you know, you're close to Tim Hardaway expiring, assuming he does pick up that player option. And and if he plays well, maybe he declines it. I don't really see that happening. But again, there's no risk for Dallas. I mean, this is I, I it's it's a lost season for them anyway in terms of like competing for the playoffs or competing for a title right now so like the point that i was making you know talking to the guys in the office when the when the porzingis trade request officially came out is you know teams like the bucks or the raptors or the nuggets you know some of these like dark horse teams that were that were mentioned for davis they're not going to be willing to give up you know a a starter or two to get a guy who's not going to play this year well and and that's you know you you mentioned that it they probably weren't shopping him like super aggressively over the past like hour saying like we got this offer like yeah. who wants in but the Mavericks like Porzingis fits better with what the Mavericks are trying to do than almost any other team because their the win- Knicks shouldn't care about that. Well no, I'm just saying like teams that would be willing to take on like teams willing to do that exact same trade basically where they're taking on all that salary they're giving uh, their top 10 pick from a year ago like there just aren't many teams where that trade makes sense for them where um, they're actively saying like we're not gonna compete next year but we'll take Porzingis and we'll give you uh, some assets there just aren't a ton of teams that are in a spot like that so it 
you know, it, it's kind of a perfect fit. And I, it, this isn't rocket science, but Porzingis and Doncic together is, is kind of a perfect fit too, because, you know, the thing Doncic is worst at is guarding a guy one-on-one and Porzingis being at the rim helps that a lot. And just the ability, you know, he's already one of the best alley-oop th- uh, throwers in the league and just getting a guy like Porzingis to, to run pick and rolls with and find in the corner and at the top of the key for threes is just kind of a, a perfect situation. Yeah. Porzingis is definitely a good dunker. I <laughs> think that's, dunker. that's very clear. Yes. I mean, he gets to, and this is, you know, everybody makes the connection of like, well, he gets to learn from Dark now for these <laughs> next, like, they're not even from the same country. They're from the same continent, I guess. Like, I guess that connects them. But <laughs> Learn from Dirk. Yeah, and Dirk, I mean, for the next two and a half months, I guess, you'll have to soak that up. But um, So the Celtics play at the Knicks tomorrow night. That is going to be a scene, to say the least. I think Knicks fans are going to be in a bit of a bad mood, and I think Kyrie is going to receive a hero's welcome. As I don't, I don't know if they play in New York again this year. I don't I have mean, the schedule handy, but has, will a, will a arena be happier to see a player not on their own team? Yeah, in the Kyrie's like, going to be showered with cheers. <laughs> like it's going to yeah. be. <laughs> I, I feel like they're going to get creative when Kyrie's at the free throw line. It's it's going to be that's going to be a league pass. Are there going to be sure. MVP chants yes. like the entire game for Kyrie? Like it'll be like they're going to go game, nuts. Basically. I'm not even kidding. Like it's going to be it's going to be a strange environment. Not since the days of Melo, who was actually at MSG last night and who they should probably sign now for the for the rest of the year just for like entertainment purposes. Let's take a quick break. Once again, this season we're partnered up with DraftKings.com to bring you RotoWire six month memberships for free. All you have to do is go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings, sign up for a new DraftKings account, and make a deposit of at least $10. At that point, you'll get a free six-month membership to rotowire.com that includes all of our tools, all of our sports, all of our DFS lineup optimizers for every sport, weekly rankings, daily rankings, premium articles, draft software, much, much more. You get all that for $10, and you can use that money to enter it into contests on DraftKings.com and win even more money. All you have to do is go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings, rotowire.com slash DraftKings, and follow the instructions on that page. Eligibility restrictions apply. New DraftKings users only. See DraftKings.com for details. Okay, well, let's talk about Davis. If you if you have any more Porzingis thoughts, feel free to, to interject, um, and we'll, we'll keep the Woj feed up just in case anything else breaks with this. But we wanted to spend more time uh, talking about Davis. Part of the part of what I had written down was discussing, you know, the possibility of of swapping Porzingis, and obviously that's now off the table, which in some roundabout way, like maybe helps the the Lakers a little bit, uh, just in case the the Pels had been intrigued by that Porzingis deal. Although Porzingis apparently said that he wasn't going to resign in New Orleans, so I think that that all but nixed it. Well, I think it helps the Lakers just in the sense that, I mean, can we agree the Knicks are just sort of out of the Anthony Davis market at this point? I I mean, I don't even know what they could offer. You it, know, would base, to, it would pretty much have the, to be the number one pick and Zion, another like pick. Well, if the Pelicans wouldn't do eighty for Zion, then they're insane. But I mean, I don't see any way the Knicks acquire AD without landing the number one pick. I agree. But if the Pelicans opt to wait this out, we get to June or what, the lottery. I think is in May. Mm. They they do get the number one pick and then could you package money plus the number one pick plus a 2020 pick for Davis and then you use Davis to get either Durant or Kyrie well sure but why would they who can even beat what would be more appealing to you like Tatum or Zion knowing the years of control like and the I mean you had to factor in the fact that Zion Williamson has never played an NBA game I know he looks really, really good, um, but there's it's not a guarantee of all guarantees that this guy is going to be a complete monster in the NBA. But wouldn't you be willing to roll that dice if you? I mean, if you're the Pelicans, I would. I would just like, want another piece. I'd want another pick, or I'd want something. Whereas, like the Celtics, you're not just getting Tatum; you're getting other young players. I this, mean, are you even getting Tatum though? I think you have to get Tatum. I, if, well, if Tatum's I would, not involved, then I would take the Zion deal. Would you rather have Jalen Brown and their those two picks than anything the Lakers could offer? Um, so the Sacramento so pick and the um, and what's their other pick? Memphis. Memphis. Like, 
I mean, that the Sacramento pick probably conveys this year, and you're looking at like, I don't know, ninth pick, tenth somewhere pick. between nine and you know thirteen, which in this draft I don't feel great about. That's kind of a shot in the dark to me. And and the Memphis pick, we'll see where they end up finishing. That's going to be borderline. It, you know, at best you're looking at like the seventh or eighth pick, but Memphis probably keeps that. I think. Um, I don't know. I mean, I they're they're appealing offers either way. I think I would just really I would want Tatum. I would tell Boston if you want in on this you start with Tatum sure I mean I I think if if Tatum's not involved Zion trumps all the other offers that we've heard out there just by himself uh and if Tatum is involved that's great like that I I just don't know if Boston includes Tatum without AD kind of signaling signaling that he is re-upping there and it just doesn't seem like he's gonna do that I just I I can't picture Boston giving up Tatum and just hoping they can convince him for one year. It would be different. Like I would give him up if they were allowed to trade for AD right now. Then mm-hmm. it's different because then you're getting AD for two playoff runs, and yep. if he leaves, that's fine. Yep. It's not fine, but like you made a good run at two titles uh, with him. But next year you're just making one run, and that's too risky. It's yeah. I think you need a kind of a commitment from ad to put tatum on the table whereas i think the knicks uh are just they would probably do they would probably do zion i i don't think they're on a different level of desperation i don't think every see like the reason why i don't think they should have to include more than zion is that i think any other team that could feasibly get the first pick wouldn't give the first pick for ad like you know that if the hawks could have ad or zion they would take zion if the um, whoever else is right well the hawks also aren't trying to sign other guys right um, yeah i mean it's it's tough but we should mention too that it was reported today that the lakers <laughs> have apparently offered together ball kuzma ingram zubach and a future first round pick for davis like that is that is allegedly on the table and this is so uh fun to kind of watch because the the pelicans obviously really 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 don't want to give their sort of spurned lover the to the place that he wants to go right like this this is always sort of where it gets kind of petty where you just you're so mad at the guy for demanding the trade that you want to like the spurs did this with Kawhi, right it's, it's the, Kawhi all over the again. uh pacers did this with paul george like where you just you really don't want to give him what he wants so you're willing to kind of take a slightly worse package yes. than even consider giving him what he wants because it shouldn't be able to work that way where he just gets right. to dictate where he goes. Uh, I think AD was trying to avoid this situation and they, they, they've been a little cattier. I mean, like taking him out of the intro video. I like, like that move. Why? Why do that? He's still on the team. He was at the game. He's on the bench. Well, I mean, you can... I just think once you sort of publicly request the trade in season, that I don't mind him doing that. I just don't think you should then expect to have everything just kind of go the way it was going. I, I mean, everyone's intentions and everyone's goals change from the moment you request that trade. The, the Pelicans want to have a better pick. They want to make sure that you are fully healthy, fully rested, so they can get right. as much as they possibly can in the offseason. Like, everyone's incentives change like i don't i don't think they're worried about the money they can make at the gate over the next half of this yeah, year because well, nobody, nobody's going anyway. anyways like it's not like people are going to be like oh this is the last time i get to see this pelicans team lose like with ad <laughs> like you know I, it's it's just sort of a kind of a common sense move i think if if there's no penalty from the nba it's it's sort of a common sense move to just have davis kind of go home like for both parties but i was going to ask you like what should the NBA do? Assuming, like, let's just say that AD does, and I think he might get traded just because I think the NBA might pressure them to get something done so that they don't have to cross this bridge. But like, what happens if nothing happens before the deadline, and they are left waiting till the offseason to trade him, and they don't want to play him because they want to get a right. better pick and they want to make sure he's healthy? Like, what is the NBA's move yeah. in that situation? That's a good question. Uh, the, the All-Star game is also going to be a factor. He's, <laughs> he's going to be picked as a reserve in a matter of hours for that. Like, is he going to sit out the next week, play the All-Star game, which he said he wants to play, and then sit out the rest of the year? Like, <laughs> you can't make a rational argument other than 
you know, you owe it to the fans, I guess, to play him. Like, there's no, for either side, it makes no sense for him to play another game the rest of the way. But the NBA has gone out of its way to mm-hmm. reprimand teams. You know, and there's just never been a situation like this. You know, like they reprimanded the Bulls for not playing Robin Lopez last year as if he was going to, you know, swing the, the race for the lottery. Um, but like, I don't know, I don't know what you do when in a situation like this, where it's clearly beneficial to both sides, but also helps the Pelicans lottery odds, you know? So like, if you're a team like Atlanta, New York, Chicago, you know, Phoenix, pick any bottom dweller, Memphis, you want AD playing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not beneficial to you, but it's beneficial to the organization and to the player to not play. So we've, we've really never seen anything like this. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that the league office is very kind of involved with uh, the Pelicans front office on this and just sort of yes. really pressuring them. I mean, it, it's in it's so much in the league's best interest for AD to get traded to the Lakers at this deadline. Like that, that is by far the best solution here because that gives i mean it, they they're already sort of probably terrified of the idea of the lakers not making the playoffs and lebron james not being a part of the playoffs for the first time like ever yeah. and this would kind of theoretically fix that i mean do you think if that trade were to happen the lakers trade all four of those young guys is there enough left for that for just ad and lebron so you would in theory i mean to get to the what we should say is they would jump to the front of the line for buyouts so right. any any buyout guy west matthews you know deandre even if they buy him out like those guys want to go play in la one and with lebron and anthony davis too so like there's kind of this like artificial benefit that they get where they could add two or three pieces because you know you'd be bring you'd have to bring back a bunch of like pelican scrubs in this deal in order to make the rosters mm-hmm. work but you know you just wave them whatever you know so you remaining is lonzo or in this situation would be rondo Josh Hart, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Tyson Chandler. That's your starting five. And then maybe let's say you add Wes Matthews. You still have KCP. You know, I don't know. Like it's it's better than by far better than that Cavs roster that was in the finals last year. It's not even close. Yeah, there's three players on that on that team that are you know better better than anyone the Cavs were rolling out last year besides LeBron. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. Um... It's certainly enough to get them in the playoffs so comfortably, assuming if, they're healthy. If you're the Pelicans, do you does that the fact that the Lakers are pretty much throwing everything they can throw is that enough for you to kind of cave and just end this charade now, or are you just holding out for a better headliner? And should teams like I think teams like the Nuggets need to be in and need to be in like aggressively now yes uh i just don't think you can at a certain point you have to make your move and you know i think you know denver's an awesome city uh playing with Jokic, Jokic is probably the funnest superstar to play with in the entire league like maybe they don't have a 40 percent chance of him staying there but i think they have a better than 10 percent chance of convincing him to stay there if they can keep Jokic and keep that that pretty deep core of young guys around him, with only giving up kind of Jamal Murray, Michael um, Michael Porter Jr. and you know whoever else they have to to throw in to kind of make the salaries mm-hmm. work, like I, I think that's a move. I assume that they've talked about it and and thought about it, and maybe the Pelicans just don't like Jamal Murray that much, and they see yeah. Drew Holiday and they're like, oh, that's we can do better than that, but. Yeah, I mean teams teams like Denver, I think that's kind of the the one contending team that that could, you know, part with a couple of its really good young players, get Davis back and still be better and like not end up giving up too much. Um I mean Philly obviously has been mentioned. Toronto to me is kind of in the same boat as Milwaukee where like they have, you know, they have a better singular piece maybe than Milwaukee and Siakam that you could offer, but to me like Milwaukee that Lakers just doesn't have Milwaukee just doesn't make that, sense. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Um, I don't think Siakam's like a, a good enough headliner. So that, no. I think that sort of takes them out of it. Imagine selling that to the New Orleans fan base. <laughs> wow. We know you, you guys aren't following the league very closely. Let me t- we got a guy named Pascal. He went to New Mexico. Yeah, you might have heard like, of him. I don't I don't think the Raptors can make a solid deal. I think the, Bla- the Blazers have gotten brought up. I, to me, that doesn't make any sense. Like you, 
you're gonna get expensive CJ McCollum is like the headliner and like Zach I, Collins, well the way like, that that makes sense is New Orleans wants to say semi relevant and you're like okay. hey you've, you've oh. probably heard of this guy <laughs> well, like, like the it, Drew Holiday CJ McCollum duo well just I mean that I think Holiday might be gone too we gotta remember that I mean if, if and when Davis has moved I think they start moving on the other guys I'd love to Holiday in Milwaukee please if I were another team um. It's like the same sort of plea I made when Bradley Beal was available for like 10 seconds earlier this year. Like, yeah. get aggressive on getting Drew Holiday because yes. that guy's really good. Yeah. I mean, Denver even is another, you know, I don't know. I don't know how they would feel about dealing Murray in it in a, in a so, trade like that. But so if you were New Orleans, would you rather have the theoretical Denver package or that Laker package? So, what is the Denver package then? It depends who's on Jamal who's Murray involved. and, uh, and uh, Michael Porter Jr. are the two best pieces in the deal. Let's say, maybe you I would get want one more. I would want like Gary Harris. I would demand Monte Morris. Maybe okay. Say say it's say Monte Morris is in. Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and then just salary filler Ooh, versus that Lakers it's close. package. It's close. I mean, Murray's the best player out of all those by a lot. By a lot. Um, Michael Porter still has this. You know, haven't driven him off the lot yet. Appeal to him i think i think the denver offer is a little more appealing and you get the factor of like you're sending him to a yes. place he doesn't want to go right uh which is always fun that's yeah that's why the, the spite factor the yes. spurs just loved that yes. trade where they're they sending like, you as far north as possible yeah, like yeah hope, hope your passport's yeah. up to date like see ya right exactly <laughs> yeah if not well it's not a problem anymore <laughs> i mean the thing i mean your original question that started this whole discussion was you know like the lakers have put all their cards on the table like now what they have nothing else to add. You know, they're not going to be able to up this offer in July. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's what's kind of if if the Lakers if they don't take this offer in the next week, you got to be really really worried if you're LA. Oh, yeah. And maybe you're getting him in 2020, but that means another year of right. waiting, and all of a sudden LeBron's 35 going on 36. Right. Yeah. I mean, they. <laughs> oh, it's just it's really funny to think about how much they're probably freaking out about the fact that they've made the best offer they can, and it's like. And the Pelicans are just like, I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, but they knew this was the case, right? Like the the Lakers, maybe it's just they know they should. They missed on Kawhi. They missed on Paul George by not offering enough. And now they're they're putting everything on the table immediately for New Orleans, and it still might not be enough. I mean, it's a disaster it, it's beyond so, proportion. It's, it's so it's so funny to think about this offer and like probably. The bit, the most they were willing to offer for George, and the most they were willing to offer for Kawhi. Like, there's no chance that this offer was even close to there for those guys because yeah. the stock of like Ball and the stock of Ingram, and even the stock of Kuzma was so much higher back when those guys were available. Every single asset except for Zubac has depreciated. Zubac since stock, the summer, though. yeah. <laughs> like he might, he might be the swing piece <laughs> in this deal now. Yeah, I mean, they they made Zubac available, oh, so they're serious. Unbelievable. Okay, uh, let's just run through some other topics real quick before we get out of here. All-Star Reserves announced tonight, like two and a half hours from now, so you better listen to this immediately or it's going to be spoiled. Um, give me your seven picks from the Eastern Conference first. Well, these were the guys that I think should make it, Yep, not the guys I think will make it. Uh, Beal, Simmons, Griffin uh, are the – three just absolute locks that you know i think all three of those guys are better next one's not a lock no um and then so going off the board a little bit here uh (laughs) i've watched a lot of bucks this year and i think brooke lopez is their second most valuable player uh i think that their defense just is completely uh reliant on what he brings in the middle where they lead the nba i believe in in fewest attempts at the rim um and that's just really just their entire defensive philosophy is just contingent on him being in the middle and being really, really good at, at denying uh, layups at the rim. Uh, he, Their entire offense kind of hinges on him bringing the opposing big as far out as possible too because it, it completely makes up for the fact that Giannis can't shoot. Like that, That's how they've been this successful with their best player being unable to make threes is the fact that the opposing big has to guard Brooke Lopez and Brooke Lopez is shooting 40% from three. 
Giannis. Uh, so Giannis's weakness is actually the Bucks' strength. <laughs> so I think Lopez should be in. I think Kyle Lowry and Eric Bledsoe should be in because I think they are really good two-way players on really good teams. And I guess Nikola Vucevic should be in. Okay. I really was trying hard to Thank find a way that. to not let Vucevic <laughs> be in, but I, I guess he's in. Okay. I, I went with who I think will be in um but it for the most part it does overlap i did not have brooke lopez oh, i man. don't think he's going to get okay. there i okay. respect your reasoning okay uh it wouldn't be that egregious to be honest we've seen worse <laughs> haven't we atlanta hawks <laughs> we have seen much much worse uh beal simmons griffin demir locks vucevic sadly is probably a lock uh and then i have jimmy butler who i think gets in because his jim he's jimmy butler mm -hmm. he and if, if they don't put him in he'll just like fight his way in right um d'angelo russell and then I think the Victor Oladipo replacement will end up being Chris Middleton. Deserving or not, I think it's going to go to him. All right. So I don't have Lowry. I have Russell over Lowry. Um, maybe that's a little bit wishful thinking on my it, part. I, I, think, I think I just think there's it would be the idea that D'Angelo Russell should be in over Bledsoe or Lowry to me is just yeah. insane. What but, do you think about the idea? I've, I've in doing this, I I perused a lot of other you know like writers' picks just to kind of see where they were at. A lot of Pascal Siakam. Yeah. That's a little too cute. See, my cute one is Lopez. Like, I think that that's the right that's, amount of yeah, cuteness. That's adorable. It's, it's very adorable. Uh, Siakam, I mean, I love the guy. It's just, come on. Um, yeah. And then the, you know, the Vucevic one, it's just, it sucks. Yeah. But it's really tough statistically to, I tried to, I tried so hard. I couldn't, I couldn't put. Crunch the know, numbers. You know, Middleton. <laughs> I wanted to put Middleton in over Vooch, but I already had three other bucks, so yeah. tough to tough to go there. You put in the effort. That's that's what counts. We did what we could, but <laughs> sorry to report that Nick Vucevic is probably making the All Star game. Okay, let's go to the West. Uh, Jokic, I think is the like I think Jokic should I be. I think he squeaks in. I think he should be starting instead of Paul George personally. But uh, Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic, Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, uh, those were my five locks, and then. Drew Holiday, I think, is is awesome. Um, I think he's better than, you know, I think he's like a top six or seven guard in the league. So I, I want to put him in. And then LaMarcus Aldridge, I think, has been having an awesome year, a little under the radar. Obviously, tons of guys kind of get squeezed out in the West, mm -hmm. but I'm fine with those seven. Yeah, and all names you mentioned I'm good with. I, unfortunately, I don't think Holiday gets there due in large part to the record. I agree. He, he's played well enough. He had six blocks the other night, a guard at six blocks. Um, I have Lillard, Russell Westbrook, uh, Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, Rudy Gobert. Those five I feel pretty good about. You, know, you could quibble over whether Russ is actually deserving, but I think we know he's going to be there. I will, I will quibble. Yeah. <laughs> Gobert versus Mitchell is, is a little more interesting because Mitchell's been so good the last month, but I think Gobert, I mean, he's having his best year and he's mm -hmm. been more consistent. So I, he gets the nod for me. And I think the Jazz have been good enough that they get one. So then it comes down to Doncic, Towns, Aldridge, DeRozan, Drew Holiday, and Tobias Harris for the final spot or the final two spots. Does, it, does DeRozan really need to be mentioned there? I think he does. I think I think the the Spurs are getting one because they're the Spurs and these are the coaches picking these. So I think I went with Aldridge and Doncic. Okay, um, my final two. So I didn't consider. <clears throat> I kind of followed. Uh, like I I really agree with uh, Zach Lowe's point about Jimmy Butler shouldn't get in this year because of that whatever that was that happened at the start of the year in Minnesota. But I also don't think Carl Anthony Towns should get in because he was just so dead before that trade and then he like kind of sparks up and i i just i don't i, I don't think anyone that was involved in that entire situation should get an all-star nod this year carlton towns is going to make you know a dozen all-star games from here on out i just don't think this needs to be okay. one of them okay uh, i respect that decision i don't i don't think he's a lock by any means i mean it's already a lot of capable big men um and it wouldn't be a surprise at all if, if he's left off uh rookie sophomore game I mean, this is the real highlight uh, of the upcoming All-Star Weekend. Did you have any qualms with the rosters at all? Well, no, because you, you know, when they do it U.S. first world, yeah. like, obviously, there are probably some guys that got squeezed off the U.S. roster that would be better than some of the back-end guys on the world roster, but... Yeah, Josh um, Kogi. <laughs> but, um, Rudian's Kurux. Uh, hey, 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 come on. <laughs> Kurux. Kurux. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, well, I wrote down a list of guys who you could reasonably argue were maybe snubbed. Kevin Knox, probably number one. Uh, Markel Fultz, people forget, only in the second year. Up-and-comer. Bam Adebayo, DJ Wilson, mm-hmm. up the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> okay. Derek White, Josh Hart, Malik Monk, Colin Sexton, and uh, both of the bridges, really, McCall and Miles. There have been years where those guys would both be in this game. That's true. I, But that, that U.S. team's just so stacked, really. It's tough. What do you think of my idea? I pitched this to you the other day of reserving a spot on each team for a veteran who we has, has like been labeled a rising star, but just like has never quite reached it. So like Andrew Wiggins could play for the world team or Brandon Ingram could play for the U.S. team or like Rudy Gay could play for the <laughs> U.S. team. Like, I don't think the NBA league office shares the um enthusiasm you and i have for like kind of throwing shade at players <laughs> using all-star weekend to kind of throw shade at, at players in the league who who have been bad like, yeah <laughs> i mean like i said we've been caping for Melo to play in the right. celebrity game and right. i still don't think that's totally out of the question right i, I also i tweeted this the other day but like <laughs> people have done multiple players have done the three-point shootout as free agents so i'm just i'm just putting that out there <laughs> yeah no i I I really think it would be great if Melo was involved in heavily in, uh, involved heavily involved in the uh, you know Thursday Friday Saturday portion of the weekend. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when stuff starts up, but whenever the celeb game starts up, like from then till celeb Saturday game, yeah. night, I think he should be skills challenge. Like and again, if he shows well, I think he could use this as, <laughs> what if, as a what? way back in. So there should be some sort of like benchmark of. Uh, statistics he needs to compile in the celebrity game yeah. then he if he does that he gets to be in the three-point shootout and then if he wins the three-point shootout he gets to be in the all-star game where he sort yeah. of has to play his way like or all like the way a up. spot a spot on the knicks or the hawks or something is at <laughs> a, stake a, he gets a 10-day contract yeah right the team yeah yeah and then he's back in the league and there we go um but yeah so do you want to, let's just do a quick draft yeah. of the u.s and the world team we're combining them right yep and okay. so is it snaking yes it is snaking okay. you can have first pick all right, Doncic. Luka Doncic, interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, hmm. I'll go Ben Simmons. And you get another one since it's snake. I do. Give me give me Tatum. Simmons and Tatum. All right, I will take De'Aaron Fox. Okay. I will take Deion. Well, you get two, right? Oh, oh right. And uh, Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> I think I misunderstood what you meant by snake. No. Nope. Um, okay. Give me De'Aaron Fox. Or you already took Fox. I'll yep. take John Collins and Jaron Jackson. Going big. I gotta get this all. Yep. yep. Gotta get everything plugged in here. Um, so, who are your two picks? John Collins and Jaron Jackson. I knew you were gonna reach for Collins at some yeah, point. I had it in my mock. There it is. Yep. <laughs> all the sharps had Waylon yep. taking Collins way too early. <laughs> uh, all right, I will take Laurie Markkinen. Another big surprise. Never and heard of him. Uh, kills me to do this, but I will take DeAndre Ayton. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and I'm going to do it. Kyle Kuzma. Wow. People said I wouldn't, but I'll take him. That's a reach. That's a big reach. Who's even left? Uh, I will take Trey Young and Shea Gilgus Alexander. Okay. Uh, well, then give me Kuruks and Jetty. Wow. Has Kuruks been good? Yes. Okay. Don't look at the numbers. He's been really Th- good. Those two are at the very bottom of my board. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will take Lonzo Ball and Marvin Bagley. Okay. We should note Lonzo Ball will not be playing in this game, so pretty good chance that Knox ends up taking that spot, I would guess. Uh, oh, oh, right. Is um, okay, so throw. let's throw Knox back. I still have Bagley. Well, you can take the rights to Lonzo Ball in case he gets he heals really fast. Yeah, just in the spirit of yeah, the draft, yep, yep. I wanted Lonzo Ball, so yes. we'll go with that. Who's even left? Jared Allen, OG Ananobi, and Josh Okogi. So, I so you get two and two I get picks? one. Okay, well, give me Jared Allen and uh, OG. All right, I get a Kogi. Okay, that's basically all I wanted to accomplish with this is who is the last <laughs> pick? Who's the worst guy on here? And we've determined by scientific <laughs> method that is Josh Okogi. So he's you, the Kemba Walker. You willingly the- took Rudians Kurex and Chetty Osman ahead of, like, all those guys you took yeah you took both those guys ahead of marvin bagley wow uh yeah I mean, poor guy yeah i mean i, I hope, guess I'm I hope not, bagley's I'm not, not a loyal sorry, listener. I'm not xenophobic and <laughs> not afraid to take guys from the world roster all right. do you have any uh like a wish list for the celebrity game um well you gotta have kevin hart involved right yeah i mean free space i yes. mean come on 
Uh, funniest man in America. I mean, it, for comedy, we need Kevin Hart in the game just for the physical comedy that comes with that. Yep. Uh, have you ever heard of uh, Justin Bieber? He's played in this game before. Yeah. I'd he, like, uh, I mean, he, he's always good for yep. something. Right? I, I actually did some recon this morning before we were <laughs> swamped with all this trade stuff and looked at, I mean, obviously the, the celebrity game tends to slant toward the host city, which in this case is Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, so I kind of looked at guys with ties there. Did you Google um, uh, hip-hop artists from North Carolina? I Googled famous people from North Carolina, <laughs> and some hip-hop artists were on the list. Uh, well, 2 chains. he's not from North Carolina, but he's from Georgia, which is close enough. I mean, he'll, be at, he'll be at the Super Bowl. He could just kind of yep. walk over, basically. Petey Pablo, I think. I don't even know if he's from North Carolina. I think there's reason to believe he is, right. and yep. he would be a great addition. Lil Romeo, mm-hmm. uh, again, not from North Carolina, but... Did go to USC in a basketball scholarship. Well, so he what does. about Master P, who was once, uh, I think he was on, or no, was that when it was New Orleans, the New Orleans Hornets when he was yeah. like in, I think he got a G tryout. Yeah. 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 yeah, did not make the team. Uh, I think Michael Jordan should play in it. I think Dale Earnhardt Jr. should play in it. I think Jamal Mashburn should play in it. Jermaine Dupree is actually from North Carolina, contrary mm. to what he says mm. in Welcome to Atlanta. Right um rod smart he hate me right i think would be a great yep. addition i think anybody from the 2005 well i really want sean may yeah, sean may uh i want of, him and of all these guys uh, yeah i think sean may and mellow should be captains and then yeah. uh that that you know two I, former athletes uh celebrities former athletes in that used to be in athletic shape most outstanding players of the final four i believe right oh it was yeah, yeah it was may it yeah was definitely sean may. i mean i i just you know, how big is Sean May right now? Like we saw him at the combine, he was bigger than he was at North Carolina. We'll say yeah, that. Yeah. He, so he's still involved. I mean, he was at the combine. He's he's yes. somehow still, you know, getting emails from people in the NBA mm-hmm. league office, getting invites to stuff like the combine. So maybe he'll get an invite to the uh, celeb game. Okay. Last thing, I wrote down just a few quick like rapid fire over unders to shoot at you. So James Harden. Over under 36 points per game at the end of the season. He's at 36.3 right now. Over. Over. Okay. I'm going to go under. Over under 60 wins for the Milwaukee Bucks. They are currently 36 and 13. They are on pace for 60 wins exactly based on win percentage they play at Toronto tonight. Under. Under. Okay. Under by how much? I think they will win 58 games. Okay, I'm right there with you. 60 seems a little lofty. Although if they're close, I think they might go for it because they're going to need to to get that one seed. Over under 15 wins for the New York Knicks. They are on pace right now by win percentage for a little over 16 wins. Under. Okay, yep. So they're basically going to go like 4 and 25 the rest of the way. Yeah, I can see that happening. I might take the under on 4 the rest of the way. Okay, yeah. I mean, going into (laughs) tonight, they're 10 and 40. I think they they win three games the rest of the way okay (laughs) over under the sixth seed in the western conference for the los angeles lakers who are currently in ninth they are 26 and 35 they are three and a half games out of the sixth seed right now under uh so you think they'll finish seventh eighth or later seventh eighth or later do you want me to specify no i just want you are you assuming that they're not getting anthony davis um i I don't really think it matters a ton. So uh, Brian Windhorst always brings this up. Like the LeBron's teams always have a tougher schedule Yes. Uh, after the Super Bowl because they save those marquee matchups uh, for TV purposes for later in the season. So, uh, you know, they're going to be playing a bunch of good teams. I don't – I think having Anthony Davis, like if that trade were to happen, I think that that's good for them once the playoffs start. I don't necessarily think it would help them in wins and losses because they're giving up, you know, whatever you want to say about those guys, they're giving up three or four. They're like seven best players. Um, Well, there is a time. I mean, LeBron has never really gelled immediately with with new high usage teammates. So um, I don't necessarily think that trade happening or not happening affects their wins and losses. I think obviously is LeBron playing tonight? No, he's doubtful. I can't imagine he plays. I think he'll be back. I think next game or two when lebron comes back is obviously huge him staying healthy the rest of the way is huge but i think that their schedule the rest of the way i think they okay. finish below the 60 but they do make the playoffs um yeah yeah 
Yeah, I think they yeah. sque- they squeeze in. Okay, I think they're the eight seed. Okay, over under a player scores sixty points in a game at any point the rest of the way. So highest scoring game the rest of the way over under sixty points. Has anyone scored? Uh, Harden went for Harden went for sixty. Did Clay do it this year? I know I wrote down that there's been five sixty point games since the start of the twenty sixteen seventeen season. Yeah, so, so in the last two and a half years. There's been five 60-point games, one of which has been a 70-point game. I'm going to say yes because, I mean, we're in full-on tank, uh, tank-a-palooza right now. Tanko mode. And, you know, some one of these awesome players is going to be playing one of these tanking teams, and, you know, they're going to be up over 50 after the third quarter, and, and they get there. So, Okay. What are you saying? <sighs> uh if chris paul tweaks his hamstring again over no question um i mean how many what are the players what if what if Melo gets that 10 day with the no we're not counting the celebrity game if Melo goes for 60 in the celebrity game then the bet's just off okay vegas has to pay everybody back um i mean the guys who could do it are harden curry clay and like it would take a devin booker like it would have to be like a sun's bulls game where neither team wants to win it's in three overtimes booker could get there could levine get there could Levine and Booker the get there enough. in the same game? <laughs> and an all an all time NBA classic game it goes straight to NBA TV the next day. Uh all right, that's enough <laughs> of that one. All right, final one. Over under twenty two straight wins for Golden State on this current win streak. They're at eleven right now. Uh their last eleven games are averaging hundred twenty eight point nine points per game, thirty three point six assists per game. They have a net rating of plus sixteen point nine and an offensive rating of 125.5. So can they win 11 more games on the streak? <clears throat> all right, so they're playing the Sixers tonight. Yes, that, that might be the toughest game of all. That's at home. That's a win. Then they got the Lakers at home. That's a win. Spurs at home, sneaky tough game. Uh, but that's, Is it, though? That's coming off of three days rest. That's a win. Uh, so that's three wins. At Phoenix, oh. that's a win. Uh, home for the Heat and the Jazz. Heat. That's definitely a win. Jazz, so that would not be a back-to-back. So that's the first of a back-to-back. That's a win. Then they go to Portland the next night. That would be game 18. They would be riding a 17-game winning streak going into Portland. You know, Portland's going to really want that game. Yeah, right before the All-Star break. I think Portland gets them. I think think Portland gets them at home. So I'll go under. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say over. I think the Warriors. I've watched their last like three games have been on on national TV, so I've, I've been was, able to catch those. This was just a Nick is really annoyed at how yes. good this Warriors team. Just wanted is. to point that out. Uh, prop bet. Yes. That's all. That's all this bet has to do with it. So if they get by that trap game in Portland before the All Star break, <laughs> that's a they, total trap. They game. go into the break at a, on a 17 game winning streak, I believe. Right? It would be more than that even. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. They could they play the Kings at home coming out of the break. That's nineteen. Then they get the Rockets at home. If they win that, they're at twenty. At the Hornets win. At the Heat win. Then you're at twenty two. And then you're at the Magic to get to that Magic twenty three. But then they go at Philly, home against Boston, home against Denver. You know, I, I think don't know the, if they win those three. The two the two trap games are the the game at Portland yep. uh, before the All Star game, and then the game at home against the Kings after the All Star game when yep. they're all you know hungover from all the all-star game festivities and everything like that the kings are well rested none of their guys had to compete in anything no. <laughs> after that saturday uh they're all they're ready to go uh that's that's a total trap okay game. all right i think you reasoned that really really well i agree <laughs> with everything you said uh, we'll wrap it up there have a good weekend Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.